I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, otherwise known as Vic in the Meadow on Instagram and Vic Sauce on TikTok. And today we are talking about how to embody stillness and nurture your interests. First, a quick catch up on my life, where I've been, how I'm doing. I might sound a little bit congested and nasally today, and that is because I am just getting over a little strange bug that I am fully blaming on the full moon. While I'm recording this, it's currently August 3rd, I believe. And in August, we actually have two full moons, which is so interesting. I'm not one of those people that's deep in astrology. I don't know my rising sign and all of that, but I used to be very invested in cycle syncing my menstrual cycle with the moon, so I know a thing or two about a full moon. Does blaming my sickness on the full moon legitimate? No. Does it make me feel better to understand what's going on with my body? Sure. But for real, a couple days ago, I started feeling so crummy, which always is just a massive bummer when it lines up with the weekend and you finally have time off to rest and relax, and it's spent you know, feeling like a bag of bricks. It was so weird because it was just like days of body aches and headache and fatigue and dizziness. And I was like, okay, I'm not actually feeling sick per se. Three days pass by, I wake up with congestion. And that's really all it's been. The body aches are still kind of here. I have no idea what's going on. But I had posted about it briefly on Instagram and I had a couple other people message me saying like, what the heck? I have the same thing going on right now. Just like body aches, fatigue, no idea. So we have collectively decided to blame it on the moon. But with that being said, my brain has been a little bit all over the place. So this might be a tad incoherent of an episode, but I do have show notes that I'm going to follow to try and keep me on track. Just one of those things and one of those times of the year where I'm so overwhelmed and ready for fall. Like I get such summer depression. I am not built for the heat. I am not built for the sun. I am so ready for fall. I cannot wait to do a fall podcast. But anyways, trying to just keep myself in a good headspace lately has been a little bit difficult. So writing show notes for this podcast was actually 
quite therapeutic to ground myself and remember what I value in life. I hate to wish away time, but this summer just ain't it for me, and it seems like everybody is having a bit of a funky summer. I really hope that there's some people listening to this that feel like they're having an awesome summer, because that just has not been the collective agreement of people in my life that I've spoken to on all the weird, heavy shit happening in their summers as well. Okay, but what else is new with me? I'm still on my baking grind. Still having a lot of fun with that. I made a strawberry loaf last night. Like, you know how you can make banana bread? Well, anytime I have produce or fruit going bad, I just hop onto TikTok. TikTok is my new Google. And I look up recipes with that ingredient. And I was like, oh man, forgot I got these strawberries at the farmer's market this weekend. They've got to go. And everything was like strawberry loaf. I have never had strawberry loaf before, but it turned out wonderful and is giving those good summer feelings that I think my body has been needing. The strawberry loaf has been lovely. I also made the most, oh my gosh, delicious blueberry muffins. I gave the Starbucks blueberry muffins a run for their money. I made the homemade jam, the crumble on top. It was incredible. Posted it on my Instagram stories. It saved to my summer highlight if anyone missed it. I have never had so many people ask for a recipe and I can't even take credit. I did not come up with this recipe. I just followed it on TikTok, but I am honored that enough people saw me do it right, that they feel that they can do it because I truly think everybody deserves to enjoy delicious blueberry crumble muffins. (laughs) I saw this TikTok last night that was like, I'm in my grumpy grandma era. I just want to peacefully enjoy my tea in my garden, reading my books, baking my baked goods, and nobody bothering me after 9 (laughs) p.m. And if that ain't me... (laughs) Listen, as much as I love the long days of sunlight that we're having right now, oh, having sunlight from like 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., it's incredible. However, I do love the permission to rest that I feel when the sun sets by like 7 o'clock. I'm not going to go all all wild and say I'm looking forward to daylight savings where we have darkness at 4.45 p.m., but yeah, I am, I am yearning for cozy fall with cool, quiet nights where I feel all right tucking myself into bed at 7 p.m. with a book. But anyway, staying present, wrapping into the topic today of embodying stillness, just how to reground yourself because we live in a fast-paced world of convenience and it's so easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of capitalism. Just feeling like you need to be at a certain place in life based on these notions that society has made that you might not even agree with. And this rat race is what leads people to burnout and leads them to adrenal fatigue. It's okay to decide that that isn't the life for you to want to slow down. Place your identity on things that you enjoy doing rather than just your career. Okay to want to be a person first. So I feel like it's, oh boy, I hear the crows outside. Hold on, I gotta put out some peanuts. Y'all know I am also the crazy bird lady. Okay, the crow offerings have been left out. That's a whole other side tangent. We're trying to make friends with the crows because they'll bring you little gifts. Anyways, okay, back on track. So what I was trying to say is how I kind of transitioned from living in the fast-paced hustle culture world to needing to live a slower life was in part just from health issues. I am somebody that has an autoimmune condition, but aside from that, adrenal fatigue is so real even if some doctors try and tell you that it's not. And what do I mean by adrenal fatigue? So your adrenal glands are glands in your body that regulate your cortisol, your stress hormone. And when they are overrun and overworked 
from chronic stress, just like with any of our other hormones, they're not able to regulate themselves properly. This can lead to feelings like fatigue, body aches, low blood pressure, brain fog, hair loss. As I'm saying this, I'm like, hmm, my cold this weekend sounds a lot like burnout. <laughs> Anyways, this just happens because the body, the adrenal glands, cannot keep up with the fight or flight demands that you're placing on your body. And healing from this adrenal fatigue can be a long process. A friend of mine over on Instagram had a unexplainable digestive issue at the same time as me a year ago, so last summer, where for months they were having, I won't get into detail because it's their health issues, but they were having health issues that made it very difficult to leave the house, safely exist. And they were doing so many tests for this, that, and that. And ultimately their doctor was like, this is burnout. This is chronic stress wreaking havoc on your body. You need to slow down. They had to be really mindful for months and they didn't feel better for months to re-regulate their system and manage the stress levels and how it was impacting their body. It was just wild. So both between physical health and mental health, I realized I wanted to prioritize myself and really prioritize me. Not just placing identity on career and success, but rather work while placing importance on the rest of my time. And when I first started out online, for those that don't know, I was very specifically posting in my niche of my day job local to my area, which I know sounds vague. But think of it as any local small business person trying to market in their region, right? Trying to build a practice, a clientele. I was young at the time as well. I was like 20, 21. That was in the boss babe era. You remember the bo- literal boss babe Ray Dunn cups that existed. Don't worry, I did not own one of those. But the hustle culture that was out there and the push for women in business to be taken seriously. Hear me out. I'm all for that, but I realized that was not for me. It was not a sustainable way for me to live, constantly hustling, thinking of how I'm being perceived in the small business community, thinking of how I can get to this next step, this next level, this next income. In that mindset, nothing was ever good enough. And that was a really unhealthy way for me to frame my career in my mind and how I placed value and worth on myself. It's not healthy for anybody to think that their self-worth equates with the income that they're generating from their job or their success at their job or how much they like their job. And if you are somebody that likes your job, it gets even harder. It's harder to place those boundaries. It's harder to create identity outside of work. And I am somebody that really does like my job once I healed from some of that burnout, recentered myself and found a healthy relationship with work. I love my job. I have boundaries where it's not something I like to talk about with my partner, my family, my friends, the internet, really because I work in a confidential field, but even just in general, because I'm not placing that importance on career. I want to be known for so much more than just my job. And I want to appreciate life for so much more than just the anxiety of waking up, going to work, that filling my whole day, and then looking forward to watching a TV show and going to bed. If that is your piece, there is nothing wrong with that. This is just my experience and my story. I just want to reiterate that. But I quickly realized that my time equals money equals things, right? Following. So I realized that the way I was living my life thinking, oh, this next thing, this next thing, even with materialistic possessions, which in the world of social media is so easy to do, especially with TikTok being full of Amazon must-haves, which they're only must-haves because those people are making a commission if you shop from their storefront. They're not actually a must-have. <laughs> Nothing is a must-have 
except for, you know, food, water, shelter. Anyhow, I digress. It's very easy to get caught up in it. And there's no sense in feeling guilty and beating yourself off about it because we have all been there. We have all impulse purchased something. When you sit there and realize that that click, that order button is directly equating with, hmm, say three hours of your time at work, shit gets a little bit more real. And that's what made me learn that I wanted to be okay learning to live with less, which I've done an entire podcast episode called Learning to Live with Less. But I realized I needed to minimize the things I wanted to focus on necessities and to leave more time free. You again, be that person outside of work. So much of this really is interconnected. That's why I mentioned at the beginning that capitalism is so deeply rooted into hustle culture and the way that society has shaped us in Western culture and where we place importance and identity. Because it is so freeing to just stop wanting things. Again, nuances, this economy is hard. But what I mean is, aside from those necessities, taking focus off of things. Thinking when I go to the store, oh, that dress is really nice, but that's an hour of my time that I spent working to try and pay for that. Or even with things like technology. Social media is kind of a part-time job for me. I occasionally make some money off of it. And even with that, I have had to talk myself off the ledge of getting a new phone so many times. My phone is currently paid off after years of monthly micropayments towards the phone. And as soon as it was paid off, I was like, oh, I should get the next phone and make monthly payments on that and I'll have a better camera, this, that, and that. And I thought, okay, remember what you wanted, what you have now. Remember when you got this phone and you were so excited about portrait mode. And I thought, and I was like, no, you know what? Having the lower phone plan payments now because it's just my phone plan, which is $100 and not actual payments on the phone feels really nice. That frees up a little bit extra money that can go towards groceries, gas, whatever. And I don't need to keep that lifestyle up. My phone works perfectly fine. I'm happy with it. Getting a new phone might feel exciting for a week, then that excitement will fade. All about talking yourself off the consumerist ledge. So that is a big portion of getting to a place of, like I said, embodying stillness, slow living, and being okay with that. Finding who you are outside of just society, per se. Reconnecting with yourself. It's that detachment of happiness from materialistic possessions. Living a life that might seem unremarkable to some, but so peaceful to you. You have to stop caring what people think, ultimately. Separating yourself from that rat race of keeping up with all the trends. A lot of them ultimately are microtrends as well that you're not going to be interested in two months from now. Figuring out who you are aside from just things. So a brief note on nurturing your interests here. I'm jumping around my notes a little bit, but while we're on the topic, finding things that you actually like doing, things that aren't costing oodles of money. So rather than, you know, waking up and going on your phone right away or coming home from work and going on your phone right away because that's your decompression time or what have you, do something that lights you up. So for me, that's having a cup of tea, reading a book or listening to an audiobook while I'm tidying up the house, maybe playing guitar, baking, going for a hike, or even just playing with your dog or your cat. Something that is not directly in front of a screen. Find that and do it. Have the self-discipline to not just pop the TV on or go on your phone. Do something that you enjoy doing or that you want to enjoy doing because it does take time to retrain your attention span if you're somebody. It's like, an iPad baby is what I call them, iPad baby adults. You have gotten your brain used to constant stimulation. You have to try and unwrite that. And again, this is nuanced. 
Everyone's brain functions the same way. I understand that. It's just my advice and what worked for me. Putting that phone down, monotasking, which we'll revisit in a second, and just setting a mental note of saying, you know, when with me with my books, I say, okay, I want to read to page 50 while I'm in the bath. I'm not even going to pick up my phone. I'm not even going to check the time. And before I know it, I get to page 50. I have no interest in picking up my phone. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to page 100 now. And that's kind of how I started out when I was redeveloping a sense of connection with myself and what I actually enjoy doing aside from just work and scrolling on my phone. I know I was complaining about this summer feeling funky and it has been. I know I say it every episode, but it was a huge part of my life losing my dog when he passed away. It has opened up a lot more time for me to explore that sense of self and identity and figure out what life looks like now for me and what fills me with a sense of purpose, which is going to be a whole nother episode topic that we're going to talk about next week with having an identity crisis and finding purpose. But some things for me, I feel like I've really found things that I'm interested in. And you guys already know all of these because I talk about them every week, baking, going to watch the birds, going for walks, reading. They might sound like very basic interests to people. I'm deep in it. I read the monthly bird newsletters from the bird store that I'm a member of. I'm in the birding groups on Facebook. I actively spend time talking in community to these people. That's the other thing that I wanted to talk about in finding community. So much of us have our community based on work, going out with your coworkers, work culture, which is so toxic within itself. I want to talk about making new connections and meeting new people through your interests that you find and develop. And I know as an adult, making new friends is hard. It can be intimidating entering new communities, feeling accepted, fear of rejection. Also so beautiful as an adult to just find people of all different ages, backgrounds to connect over a shared interest. Maybe you join an online book club you start a book club in your community, post in your neighborhood Facebook group, go to meet up at the park once a week to talk about books. I personally have a little Facebook group chat book club with some old friends that have moved all over the province now. And every single day we're talking about books beyond just our monthly read. We're constantly talking about what we're reading, book talk in general, and it really lights me up. But there's so many ways you can do this. I've seen in my neighborhood Facebook group a post advertising a Um, what do they call it? Like a textile club. So it's a group of people that do sewing, knitting, crocheting, embroidery, any kind of handiwork with textiles. And they meet up once a month in the park usually or someone's backyard. There's snacks, there's drinks. You can go at any skill level, learn from other people, share your ideas with people, see what people are working on. That kind of stuff I think is just so cool. And ultimately what I'm talking about here with your interests is prioritizing that and again reconnecting your sense of self and your sense of identity and rather than thinking oh well those are hobbies that I do when I have time is making the time and prioritizing that time. I work a day job five days a week just like a lot of you. I think a lot of people listen and think that this is my job. It is not. I'm somebody with a five-day work week as well but these days I feel that is such a small part of my identity because I'm so excited to wake up early now go outside, watch the birds, come home and read, do my paint by number. All of this led to me canceling all my subscriptions that I had. I don't have Amazon Prime anymore, no Netflix. I really am not even a TV person anymore, as I mentioned in my Mood Boosters and Favorites episode when I talked about some YouTubers that I like to watch. That's really all I consume. That is not to say that I think I'm better than somebody just because I'm not into TV. If you're interest that you're interested in is watching movies and using 
oh, what's that website? Oh, I can't remember, but there's like a Goodreads for movies where you can share the movies you're watching and track them and write reviews. That's a really neat interest. But regardless, what I'm saying is whatever your interest is, focusing more on that and actively placing importance on that so that you can schedule time into your life to nurture those interests delve more into trying new things, what you like to do, surrounding yourself with community in those interests outside of just work, which is honestly easier said than done. It's a process. It's a journey. I feel like this chat is suddenly feeling very busy, busy, and I want to get back grounded into talking about embodying that stillness and go back to that topic that I put a pin in on monotasking. And now I know a lot of you have heard of multitasking. When was the last time that you thought about monotasking and intentionally slowing down what you're doing, living more in the present and grounding yourself? Monotasking is just that. It's focusing on one thing at a time. It allows for deeper appreciation of that one task. It puts you more into your body to focus on the present rather than the future or dwelling on the past as we all like to do at, you know, one o'clock in the morning when we can't sleep. Gives our brain space ultimately to when our brain has more space to think, we also have more room for creativity, self-expression, thoughts to come and go. It's a healthier space in our head that doesn't feel so clouded and clustered and overwhelmed. It slows down the day for us so we can sink deeper into our feelings and into our body. And this might seem boring at first to some. So what do I mean by this? A good place that I think a lot of us could start is not scrolling on our phones while we are out doing things. For example, there's a line at the bank, you've got to go to the teller, you might be waiting five to ten minutes. Rather than pulling out your phone, scrolling, answering emails, I invite you to just observe. And we'll talk about observing in a second more as well, but just sit in the present and look around, appreciate the moment of silence, of stillness, of just being rather than forcing yourself to busy your mind. And again, this is all part of the untraining, our overactive, hyper-consumable minds. Another example I like to give is when you're eating. And again, this is nuanced and everyone has their own interests. But something I'm actively working on is not just sitting in front of the TV and watching things while I'm eating. And I know food can be a sensitive topic for people, so take from this just what you will. But for me, sitting there with my meal and just appreciating the food, being mindful of when am I full, actual hunger cues in my body, focusing on chewing my food, enjoying it, what have you, rather than just distracting myself with TV, just been another way that I can help slow down my day, feel a bit more present and involved in my own life rather than giving my brain constant stimulation and distraction. And this is something that can really help to improve your relationships as well, whether romantic, platonic with your family. You know, there's some families where a lot of people grew up where your family dinner was on the couch with TV trays in front of the TV. And that's totally okay. That can be some beautiful memories for a lot of people. For me growing up, Dinner time was a no TV zone. We ate in the dining room at the table and that was me, my mom, and my stepdad's chance to talk about our day, talk about what's going well, what's not going well, and to just connect with one another. And at the time, as a kid who wanted to put on Disney Channel, I didn't understand that. In adulthood, it's something that I've grown to really appreciate that my family did for me and regulated my brain in that way where I can really feel the value of connection over a meal. In general, just that time to sit and connect with people and not be 
multitasking. I've actually recently had a couple kind of uncomfortable moments with people in my life with multitasking on their phones and how kind of cold that can feel. And I've been in romantic relationships in the past with people who are normalized to constantly being on their phone. I come home from work and they'd just be scrolling their phone while they're talking to me, half paying attention. And I got used to that for a while. My current partner showed me that that in fact does not have to be normal. He would come visit and he would leave his phone in the car sometimes. He would just be like, I don't need it. I'm here for you. I am not even thinking of that. If I left it in the car, whoops, if I need it to check, you know, a phone call, this, that, and that, I'll go grab it. It never made an appearance when we were sitting down to eat, when we were going out to do something. That taught me to unlearn scrolling on my phone as well and to be more active and present in my relationships. So I've become someone where I am not even thinking about pulling out my phone when I am with people. And that might sound like common sense to a lot of folks, but again, a lot of us, especially those deep in the social media rabbit holes, can be conditioned to need that constant consumption and activation in our brains. When you're scrolling TikTok, like you are consuming so many micro pieces of people's lives constantly and deciding this isn't interesting enough after two seconds scrolling to the next thing. That is really quick stimulation of your mind. So unlearning that really does take time. But I have learned to just place so much value on the one-on-one time of just connecting with people and the beauty of connecting with people. And I'm a very introverted person. So I mean this in very one-on-one ways. Recently, I was with some friends and we were talking and I thought we were having really good talks. And all of a sudden, they're both kind of like pulling out their phones, answering texts, all of a sudden one's scrolling on Instagram while I'm like mid-talking and not good enough relationship for me to, you know, call them out on the kind of rudeness. So I kind of just sat through the discomfort, remembered to not take it personally. And one like went to go make a phone call without even saying anything. And I'm just like, we are not on the same wavelength here, which is okay. Not everybody has to be the same, but it made me realize I really value that as a trait in other people when they want that one-on-one time to talk and connect with you without getting distracted by their phone, without multitasking, having to do a million things at once, and just how good sitting in the present feels. So that brings me to observing, which we briefly talked about a second ago when I was talking about, you know, when you're in line at the bank, or maybe you're in the doctor's office, just observing and sitting with your environment. For people with social anxiety and anxiety in general, it can be easy to use your phone as a crutch or a coping mechanism to distract yourself and take yourself out of the present. We all have to do what we have to do, but for me, I realized that that was a very unhealthy crutch that I was using to make myself more entertained or comfortable in situations that might feel a little anxiety-inducing for me. I want to say that through working on this, this was not self-directed. I worked with therapists for 15 years of my lives, specifically starting in high school with social anxiety and learning what was healthy and unhealthy for me to cope with. Again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not an expert. This is just my experience. But I get so many questions on ways to slow down in your day. And this whole episode is talking about embodying stillness. So this is a way to do it is just sitting with your environment and observing, taking in the present and noticing those little things rather than listening to a podcast on your walk. Listen to the birds, the rustle of the leaves, see the mushrooms growing on the trees, the pine cones on the sidewalk, just taking in your environment. And it doesn't always have to be a peaceful nature walk. That's not real life. Like I was saying, if you're in the bank, notice the people around you, waiting in line at the supermarket. I'm so nosy. I love looking at what other people are buying. 
favorite of mine and I always did this growing up with my parents as well because they love the nightly walk after dinner for digestion but going for a walk in the neighborhood and just appreciating the homes noticing things like the doors I like the bright purple door on a beautiful little house maybe the florals the wildflowers that they have in their front yard green paneling on the side of the house just appreciating the mundane and often overlooked things that feel nice to just appreciate and notice every once in a while. And that really does tie in with the monotasking is just sinking more into the present, into your environment. And I know this is also a therapy technique taught by a lot of therapists when you're feeling anxious or panicky is to look, note five things that you can see around you or five colors, five things that you can hear, five things that you can smell, because it really does just drive you back into the present moment to take yourself out of the what ifs, the anxiety, the spiraling, and just observe your surroundings. Remember that you're safe, that you're okay, and that the world is going to keep spinning no matter what. And that brings me a lot of comfort. I love knowing that I'm not the main character in anybody else's life. Nobody cares as much about you as you. I'll go for a walk, I'll go for a drive, and I'm just looking at all the people I'm passing on the sidewalk, noticing their emotions, their expressions, and I'm like, man, these people all have their own entire lives going on in their head, in their world, and I have no freaking idea. It's a very grounding thought to just remember how minuscule and minute you are in the grand scheme of things. And again, framing that in a good way of who cares? It doesn't matter. Live your life for you, not for other people. Everyone is just thinking about themselves ultimately. So sink more into the present and have gratitude for the present. Like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, there's so much, especially in the capitalistic consumerism world, where we're yearning for the future, the next promotion, how we're going to get X, Y, and Z, how we're going to save for a house, how we're going to save for retirement. Yes, realistically, all of these things are important to consider to set ourselves up for a comfortable life. But also a lot of us are realizing that's just not realistic. A lot of us aren't going to be homeowners. A lot of us can't think about the fact that when we're at retirement age, retirement's probably not going to look the same as it does now for people. Grounding into the present and not constantly spiraling and worrying about the future is really beneficial both in the big and small scheme of things. And if it's just a presentation that you have at the end of the week and you're spending all week worrying about that, wasting away your five-day week because of your thoughts spiraling about Friday. This can be a ton of things. Like I said, maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's a couch you want that you're thinking about buying. You're going to get engaged. So many things where we can constantly be looking forward to. And for some of us, having things to look forward to gives us motivation and will to live. And that's totally fine. But there is also something to say about just being happy with the present, remembering when you wanted what you have now. And I think that's a really strong statement. Think about yourself five, 10 years ago, or think about younger you and how cool they would think you are for getting to this point where you are in life. And maybe you feel like you're not at a place where you're proud of yourself or that you feel where you think you should be. But we all know there's no sense in shitting yourself. Oh, benefits come from shitting yourself. But sink into all the wonderful things that you have now that you've yearned for in the past. Remember and have trust that you will get to the places that you want to be in the future. If that's all you're focusing on, you're willing your life away by skipping over the present and constantly pushing to the future. So I hope that this has given some of y'all some things to think about. And I know I've kept it kind of vague, but that's because 
Not everybody is going to find stillness and peace and comfort in going out in nature, going for a hike, listening to the birds, baking strawberry loaf like me. Everybody is so different. And where you find peace and comfort and stillness is going to look so different for everybody. For somebody like my partner who really likes cars, maybe their peace is found in a quiet drive on a country road, or maybe it's at a loud racetrack watching cars. I'm not much of an active person, but for people that are into activities, maybe it's going rock climbing, indoor soccer league, whatever it might be, finding your interests, nurturing them, and finding those moments to ground yourself and feel peace throughout the day and find happiness in the present. It just looks very individualized for everybody. That was my take on this topic and my two cents. Curious what you all might think of this episode or how you're feeling or how you like to embody stillness. And I really appreciate the feedback that a few of you have been sending me on Instagram after you listen to episodes. It makes me feel so much more connected. The podcasting world, like I always say, it's so weird sitting here at my desk talking into a microphone where, you know, when I post an Instagram or TikTok, there's a comment section. Even if you post a story on Instagram, people can story reply. There's engagement, there's feedback. With a podcast, there's not really that element of connection. So it's really, really lovely and so appreciated when you guys do take the time to send me a message or leave a comment on my Instagram of what you thought of the episode. Let me know. And if there's any topics that you would like to hear about, I am running low on my list of pre-prepped ideas I had from the last time I posted a question box on Instagram, but I have a running list. So if there's specific topics that you would love to hear about, please let me know. Also a quick note back to kind of personal talk, I guess, at the end of the episode here. There is hopefully some changes that will be coming soon-ish to the podcast. Very minor, just switching the way I'm advertising, hopefully. And right now I am not profitable on this podcast. You know, some of you might get advertisements at the beginning and the end that are auto-generated by the site that I host through. I'm talking like $10 a month from ads. Like it's nothing to write home about, okay? And I really appreciate those of you that do listen through them. However, I've been sitting and stewing and thinking like, I don't even know what ads are being pushed out half the time because they are auto-generated. So I'm toying with the idea of doing some mid-episode ad reads by myself with companies that I've previously worked with, trust and know, who hopefully keep allowing me to carve out this time aside from my day job to talk with you guys. Because while I love doing it, there is also benefits in being compensated for your time, of course. That is a little change that might happen one day in the future. I'm not sure if that's something that might happen in the next couple months, if that's something that might happen in six months, but that is the hope one day to have like a couple minute ad read mid episode rather than at the start and end of the podcast. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, you might not be getting ads at all. I think only Spotify plays them through, but I'm not positive. I don't know. I'm a Spotify person personally, so I always hear them, but I don't know. Like I said, next week I'm going to be talking about, am I having an identity crisis? Talking about finding purpose and whatnot. I've started compiling a few notes on the topic. Um, I had a couple people message me throughout the past half a year since starting the podcast saying, you know, I just feel so lost, not knowing what I want to do with my life, not knowing like what I care about. And I've totally been there. I was there big time right after high school when I was feeling pressured to go into university. And I think that's such a beneficial topic to talk about that isn't talked enough about is just having an identity crisis, not knowing what you want to do. And like we talked about this episode, 
not having to place your entire future and identity on what you do for work. So that is something we're going to talk about in the future. I'm going to do another little Q&A cast, which I'll put a question box up for in a couple of weeks because I've gotten some questions such as, do you regret your tattoos? I've had people that want me to talk about my emetophobia and that journey and what that's looked like. So I figure if y'all are interested in hearing a little bit more about my personal life, we'll do another Q&A cast sometime soon and talk all about that, little life updates, whatever y'all want to hear. But in the meantime, you know, you can find me on Instagram at Vic in the Meadow, TikTok at VicSauce, leave me a rating at a five stars on Spotify, whatever you feel is fair, or Apple Podcasts. You can write reviews on Apple Podcasts. I was very excited about the two reviews that I have on Apple Podcasts. And new episodes will still be coming out every Sunday morning. I'm trying to post them around 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at this point. If you're somebody in another time zone where that feels late for you, let me know. I'm happy to post it earlier. And I will see y'all next Sunday. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 